Hey, on <laughs> <laughs> what start? I'm not going to start. It's that. a good job we didn't start recording just then. Yeah, true. Morning, Flucker fans. Afternoon, well, afternoon, isn't it? Evening, yes. good day, wherever you are. In uh, the world. Live again from down the yard. In this crazy world that we're in at the minute. It is crazy. It's still isn't it? surreal, isn't it? I can't quite get the hang of it. It is very strange, and it is also Good Friday when we really shouldn't be at work, should we? But, no, but we're here because we're key workers. You know, you've not furloughed me yet. Well, officially. What was it? What's the definition of a key worker? Somebody who was overlooked and undervalued until the shit hits the fan. Yeah, then they're bloody amazing. We love them. And let's yeah. all applaud them at 8 o'clock in the evening. Hurrah! Hurrah. Oh, and hey, I'll tell you what was interesting. Some, some very interesting posts on Facebook about, you know, where's your football, where's your football uh, star players now? What are they contributing to society? About £4 million, pounds, apparently. Oh, are they? Yeah, one week's pay. Mm. Yeah, Each. really. Yeah. Because, of course, the heroes at the moment is, is the NHS and all the carers and frontline workers, police, fire, ambulance. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Armed forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you and I, I keeping the DPD. Yes. And as uh, much as I, I'm very, very positively disposed towards the police and the firefighters and all that, the reality is the frontline at this moment in time properly really is the NHS. That's, oh, absolutely. I know we pick ourselves up and you firearmsy people are, are the absolute worst at saying how dangerous things are. But Talking of which, I've groomed myself a little bit, haven't I? Have you noticed that? I've, you're a little bit more coiffured today. Yeah, and my grey... And you're shaven. Yeah, I mean, I've shaved it off because I grew it. Is that because you're you celebrating on Council Grant coming through? <laughs> yeah, well, and that, now that I've shaved it off, I look a whole two weeks younger. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And what does your young lady think of that? Well, she'll come close to me again. Is she, is she happy about that now? Yeah, yeah. Um, talking of ladies, we've got a bit of an issue. Oh, have we? Yeah, well, we've, we've lashed out uh, quite a considerable sum of money now to get mm. some in-depth analyticals done on our 300 about 12,000 listens to get a split. Do you feel famous or do you feel the same? I don't know really. I think you don't look like you've changed. I think didn't that did Fame El- hasn't changed you. Didn't Elvis get asked that? And I'm in the same position really as Elvis really. I don't, you know. Probably overweight. About... Eating donuts while you're in the ten cohort in a relationship with someone who's much younger than him. Mm. Lisa Marie, I'm with my beautiful Debushka. Very good. There are a lot of similarities. My voice, my ability to whistle. Yeah, yeah. Your impression of kites or whatever it was? No, it was a peregrine. stooping peregrine falcon. I challenge anybody to do a better impression than that. But A bedroom impression? Did I say that? It sounded I like think it. I'm losing, I'm losing the ability That's to speak. That's about your Debushka. Oh, Sorry, you were saying about, about women. Well, uh, we've got a bit of an issue uh, because uh, our expensive analytics have come up with the uh, result that we appeal to 84% men, four, uh, 16% females, uh, 0% non-binary and 0% gender fluid. What about transgender? They don't count, apparently. Well, what we're going to do to increase the female audience... <laughs> This is the conversation we were having yeah. just prior to recording. I'll let you say that. No. <laughs> I'm, sure the listeners, I'm sure the listeners can imagine. Yeah, that. no. We've never mentioned things like hair. Eyebrows. Nails. Yeah, beauty tips. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'd get ourselves into a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, we'd never, ever, ever even think it, let alone say it. Oh, let's edit that bit out. Let's not. All right, then, OK. Uh, I'm a bit angry today. 
I'm melancholy. Oh, are you? That sounds more serious than mine. Tell me about being melancholy. Well, you do. You look like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. Well, I have in one respect, haven't I, from a business point of view. But our listeners don't want to hear about my trials and tribulations of ups and downs and how I how I went yesterday from, you know, on my chin strap <laughs> to utter elation. I've never seen someone doing a full jig around the yard. All within, all within like five minutes. I joined in for a conga. Whilst whistling, we're in the money. Yes, so for our listeners that know anything about business in the UK, it's terrible. You're entitled to these um, COVID grants, and I've applied for mine. It's quite a substantial amount of money, and it's a grant, not a loan, so it's more than welcomed. Hey, it's lucky, to... isn't it? It's not means tested like um, yeah, like when you go into a care home. If you've got more than sixteen thousand pounds in it, they'll have it all off you. <laughs> oh yeah. Though they, you get these grants even if you're rich already. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are a twat. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I spoke to the local authority because it's all been um, processed via them, so it's government-backed. I spoke yeah. to the local authority, having put my application in over two weeks ago, yeah. heard nothing, yeah. rang them up, and a very helpful chap on the phone said to me, oh, yes, I can see your application, Mr... Obviously, not, not my yeah. real name. Yeah. And you're not entitled to it. <laughs> your face. Oh, my God. It was a picture. I was just... I said to him, but, but, but... I was like, but, yeah, I am retail. I am yeah. retail. Yeah, and, he, and he actually went, he went, okay, calm down, mister. Calm, I'm just trying yeah. to help you. I'm like, I am calm. Anyway. Yeah, you didn't sound calm, though. I, well, I, mean, I wasn't calm, really. <laughs> so I had to then produce a uh, quite a lengthy, detailed email supporting in support of my application yeah. when he suggested that it may help my case and they would look at it favourably accepting that we were classed as retail. Luckily we had the backing of our wonderful highly regarded trade organisation didn't we? Yes the BVRLA yes. British Vehicle Rental and Leasing Association. This is interesting really because I had a conversation with you not long ago about the cost of the BVRLA the membership, yeah. yearly, yearly annual subscription. It's, a, it's about £700 pounds. And I asked you, didn't I? Just to have the badge. I asked you, I said, uh, Fletch, not your real name, no, obviously. No, no, no. I said, what, <clears throat> I said what, uh, what do we actually get for our £700 odd pounds per year? And you replied... A badge. <laughs> yeah, the sweet sum of yeah, nothing. The square root of zero. Yeah. But yesterday... Hallelujah. Well, we were singing their praises. They yeah. were fantastic, weren't they? Yeah, because we got an email from the BVRA because they'd written and lobbied Parliament yeah. on behalf of car rental associations and uh, companies throughout the UK to get them accepted as being part yeah. of the retail sector. I've always rated them. Oh, I've rated I couldn't, them. I couldn't believe it when you were slagging them off. Oh, <laughs> what a difference a day makes. Eh? So, looking for me, whilst I'm producing this uh, or constructing this email, ready to send in and support my application for a large sum of money, grant, yeah. Uh, halfway through, not even halfway through, and you know, typing furiously. The key, you were, keyboard, you? I've never heard such keyboard was on firm s- pressing of keys. It yeah. was, wasn't it? Like stamping the keys down. It was smoking more yeah. than Bob Marley on a on a concert. I got a uh, I got a phone call from the the same guy I'd just spoken to, who had spoken to a colleague in the office, and they'd looked at their government uh, guidance, and he said to me the following: "Yes, we've just checked, Mister, and uh, I can." Uh, say that you are classed as retail and therefore I am awarding you the grant. The yeah. money will be in your bank around Tuesday, Tuesday. Wednesday. Tuesday afternoon at the earliest. I got straight on to Waitrose. Yeah. A case of Bollinger. 
and a, and, a, and a pack of finest Cuban cigars. It's going to be a great... I can't wait till Tuesday. God, I'll tell you what, talk about the, big, the biggest emotion swing in five yeah, minutes. Yeah, true. You seem quite happy about that. And so did I. Mm, so I bought some flights. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They cost... Well, they're 24,000, those flights, weren't they? Mm, somewhere around like Yeah, so I've got a bit of spending money left over. So... That's a bit of an update from our, our side. So that's yeah. most welcomed, most needed in these uh, turbulent and uncertain times. Well, it might chip in to the point where we may still be here in a couple of months' time. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, we'll still be podcasting. Yeah. You, and just, I, and you just have to go down the scale on the value of the beer that we drink. Yeah. And perhaps do it from a park bench somewhere. And we're not allowed, will we? Oh, no. Still be locked down. Yeah, yeah. we're still locked down. How long do you think lockdown's going to last for them? I don't know, really. Because we see on... a different perspective side, don't we, than what our, uh, the majority of our listeners who are involved in law enforcement, policing, mm. and uh, you know, public service all around the world. Yes, we've got some other listeners that, that aren't in that category, but we're looking at it from a completely commercial and selfish point of view, really, aren't we? Uh, well, yeah. We've got uh, food to put on the tables and roofs to keep over our heads, haven't yeah. we? And jobs to keep. Jobs to keep. Yeah, nice. bills to pay, landlords to pay, yeah. insurance to pay. We would pay all these things with little or no money coming in. It has to say, though, I have, I've generally been quite heartened by the overall response from whether it be lenders or, you know, uh, people that are in business, doing business with us. It's been, by and large, pretty realistic, hasn't it? Very, I would say, yeah. Well, surprisingly yeah, so. Yeah, surprisingly so, yeah. Oh, oh standby caller. Another seamless edit. Yeah. So all in all, things have been quite positive, I would say, bearing in mind how quiet business has gone. Mm. You can tell by the frequency of the podcasting, I think, how quiet it's gone here. Uh, Shall I share with you what's been annoying me? You know, I told you the other day, and I told you, didn't I? You wouldn't listen. You wouldn't listen. I was saying about the thin... I've got form for that. Yeah, that's true. The thin end of the wedge about... Erosion of human rights. Oh, here we go. Well, there's a, a chief constable, um, and I shan't name names, but his name's Nick Adderley. <laughs> uh, obviously, that's his real name, uh, of Northamptonshire Police. Now, good old Nick. I hope you're listening, Nick. I think he woke up and he thought he was back in the wartime. What, for the Germans? Yeah, yeah. I think one of his kids is enrolled in the, recently in the Hitler Youth. Good old Nick. Right, so what Nick did, um, so uh, he's been uh, telling people that if they didn't uh, wind their necks in and stay at home, he would be sending his officers out um, to be checking, searching shopping trolleys if uh, they didn't get compliance or get the compliance that they would expect. So this is not... So what's he searching the shopping trolleys for then? Well... What would you say? Right, okay, so... And what power is he using? What? The Trolley Act. Off your Trolley Act. Off your Trolley Act. 2020. It's like the Manchester Barbed Wire Act or, you know, the the Ways and Means Act, isn't it? But this, for me, is a classic example of... You talk about normal people and how they react to things. This ain't normal, Nick. Just wind... just, Just... Rewind a little bit and think about what you're actually saying because searching through people's trolleys and baskets, it's not normal. 
is it? And nobody, Nick, has ever expected the police to do something like that. The government wouldn't expect it. And it's just embarrassing to have someone in that position to say something like that. That reminds me of when you really do start to lose your human rights. And it's people like Nick that, that enables us all to see how horribly wrong it could go. Um, to a degree, I agree with you. Well, there you go. I, thought, I told you you would, eventually. Well, no, so my point is, there's always additional context to these things. You know, the media and what we get to see, it's all misleading. So I, I agree with you. You know, the police aren't there to search people's shopping trolleys. He thinks they are. But, but it's the context in which it's... The, I think the point that they're trying to get, you, get across is how frustrating it must be to be in charge of a police service right now, to be a cop right now, with acting on the whims and wishes of the government's directive of stay at home, don't go out, only go out for essential things. But it, it's, the, it's what's reasonable and what's not reasonable. And how frustrating is it for the cops to try and have to deal with that when they haven't got the powers to deal with it? Yet you've got people, yeah, going to the supermarket. Can they buy what they want in the supermarket? Yes. They can, can't they? Yeah. They can. Yeah. Who says that they can't go to the supermarket and buy a pack of Budweiser or Bex or there are lots of other types of branded and non-branded beers to yeah, buy? That's, that's not Why? relevant though, because that's essential. Well, it might be essential for that person because they're stopping in and having a barbecue. What's wrong with that? Nothing. The point is the line's getting blurred between these normal, normal people that are going to the supermarket and buying essential items and maybe some beer and wine for a, an evening of recreation in their back garden, in the sunshine, blurred with the not normal, normal people that are hitching the caravans up, jumping in the motorhomes, strapping canoes to the roof and going all over the country, yeah, to do that type of recreational stuff. It, it, the, the line between it is blurred. It's, no, I don't think so. It, it's where do you draw the line, the distinction between... What's reasonable, what's not reasonable. Right. That's the problem, isn't it? Well, yes, but he's so getting it's carried away, isn't well, it? The, uh, maybe it's just the context in which he said it. I'm not defending him. Do you know, you seem I'm, to be that you are. I'm just trying to... Uh, it's it's a about a debate. North, this is a bloody North Hans Gestapo. That's <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Well, let's talk right. about the other one. The other right, so, well, no, I haven't finished this oh, one yet. Right, so, okay. Uh, well, so, okay, so you go shopping, right? You run through with me what, your, what went in your last shopping trolley to the best of your ability without... Missing out the crucial bits. 17 packets of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eggs. 24 boxes of toilet roll. Yeah, Two dozen eggs. Uh, now, so on a serious note, the last time I went into the shops, I think I bought uh, some essential supplies for the office. <laughs> which what? was milk, coffee. Oh no, Boris, Boris is dead. dead. <laughs> you must stop saying that. Uh, I actually can't. I can't remember. But it, yeah, that's convenient. But there was alcohol in it. There well, was, that's there not was... essential, is it? No. So, my point is, the only thing that is absolutely, totally essential, if you take it to the nth degree, is bread. You got bloody water in the tap. That's all you need. You can survive on bread and water, probably for a couple of weeks. All right. Nothing else is essential. So, the Northampton Gestapo. Where do you actually stop? 
So have you have you issued your officers with a list of things that are non-essential? Well, like a shopping list. Well, like like hair dye, condoms, fruit jellies, hot cross buns, cream slices, steak, fillet steak. In fact, oh no, Mark, you can't have fillet steak. You can only have the. Oh, you can have a bit of brisket. Marks and Spencers do a lovely um, chili hot cross bun with chilies in. Do they? Mm. They do a chilli hot cross bun yeah. with chilies in? Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of chilies. <laughs> I don't think you were hey, listening to me. Is that why they call them hot? They make bubble. Ah, wow, I'll have to try some of those. But anyway, They're yeah. not essential though, are they? No. So, the reality is, Nick, that <laughs> all of these things, the vast majority of things in these shopping baskets, are not bloody essential anyway. But you're going to a supermarket, you're surrounded with 10,000 items, you are already there, you've already travelled there, you've got your trolley. There is no issue with picking up a bit of tooth whitening toothpaste as opposed to the bog standard toothpaste, alright? One item is no, ne not necessarily more essential than the others. The reality is nothing's bloody essential apart from bread and water. So just get over yourself and realise that this is not the police's job to get involved in being shopping Gestapo. I, I, I've got slightly annoyed by it. I can tell. Because it absolutely underlines to me. Back in the day, I, these, these organisations like Amnesty and all these sort of people... Liberty. That, Liberty, that go on about human rights. I've always thought to myself, bloody tree huggers. You know, it's all unnecessary in this modern world. We've got these democracy, you know, this democracy. We've got the freedom of the vote, blah, blah, blah. I always thought they were unnecessary. But bloody hell, it's people like this Nick that underlines absolutely why these organisations exist and why they should exist. And you know what even oh, annoyed me even further? It must be annoying you because you're putting your glasses on. Yeah, right? this is his response. Nick, I will keep reiterating the position. We will not be searching trolleys or baskets and we will not be determining what is and isn't an essential item. That's a bit of a U-turn, that, Nick, there. Uh, the point I was making was around the necessity of the journey. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, and please have the balls to actually turn around and say, yeah, I got that wrong, got a bit carried away with myself, had too many Budweiser's, ever so sorry, please forget it. No. Let's pretend... Well, where do you think he's got his Budweiser's from? Yeah, good point, well made. Thanks. So, that really annoyed me, and, and that made me, but I did chuckle, because then I thought to myself, when I see you, I'll be able to say to you, I bloody told you so. I bloody told you so. And it's, and, and it doesn't take, and this is, we're only two weeks in. We're only two weeks in and we've got Almost people... Almost three. Yeah. We've got people like that already who have become shopping Gestapo. What would happen after six months? We'd be slaughtering Jews. God. Can you say that? Well, that's what happens when you, when you lose yeah. democracy. Yeah. When you lose freedoms. Rash things start happening. Police officers start searching your bloody baskets because the chief constable think it's normal. Imagine getting that one in, into court. What's this one? It's a basket case. <laughs> yeah. Gordon Bennett. What did he have in his trolley? He had some hot, hot cross buttons with matches bits in my blood. <laughs> and he put a black cap on and sentenced you to death. So we've got another, we've got another chief that's, that's come out with something equally as controversial, haven't we? Oh, have we? Who was that? Was it the chief of um, Cambridgeshire? Not that I want to name him. No. What's his name? I don't know. <laughs>
I actually don't know what his name is, but the Chief of Cam Cambridgeshire said that they might, might police non-essential aisles in supermarkets yeah. to check that there's nobody in them. Look, they did a tweet, didn't they? They did a tweet about officers going to shops, policing the non-essential aisles. What are those aisles? What What was your defence? Well, I was moving from one aisle to the next, but I had to go down another non-essential non aisle, aisle to get to the next But it was full aisle. of coppers. I couldn't get down it. <laughs> they were all down there getting their... Yeah. Eating their cream eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating cream <laughs> eggs and, and their eggs. free pizza around their face. Oh, it's crazy times. Crazy times. So... Uh, I, I encourage everybody to, uh, to to chip into the charities that to defend our freedoms oh. because, it, and it's a shame, isn't it? Because I know that it's the frontline NHS staff that are really taking the caning at the moment, but the police are in a very difficult role at the well, moment. They, they always are. They're always difficult. They're always difficult roles, but even more so, I think, at this moment in time. And my hat goes off to them because they are de so dealing with the non-normal people in the non-COVID times or yeah. pre yeah what, what i heard somebody call it bc before before coronavirus. Oh, covid no oh, right or oh, well, both of those before coronavirus yeah. so policing in bc times yeah bc dealing with the non-normal people yeah is difficult but now you've got this 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 sort of blurred line as to where the powers from the coronavirus bill what come in dealing with the non-normal people it's i don't think there would be so right if you were your Average jobbing response cop, all right? Doing your the backbone, job. The backbone yeah. of the fleet. So we were speaking to some down here the other day, all right, from Devon and Cornwall, and we were asking them, what's, what's happening around and about? Well, we're not issuing any tickets, and there's a few people out and about, we're not really challenging them, they're just getting on with it. And that's generally what would happen. If someone was doing something outrageous, they'd challenge it. There's a lot of pinging going on, sorry about that. Uh, let me turn it off. Uh, and... Um, so doing what you'd normally do, not being offensive, not going over the top, just doing your regular job, keeping a lid on it, going to the ship domestics, doing the usual stuff that you would do. Where the problem has arisen is that they're getting these things cascaded down from above by people who don't do the job anymore, um, saying, yeah, we want you to go and police shopping aisles. We want you to go and check shopping baskets. And I can tell you, 99% of normal cops are going to think, what, the f what bloody hell are we doing this for? I'm not doing that. Mm. That's bloody ridiculous. I'll wander around to the shop, pretend I've done it, and walk back out again. Nobody, nobody on the front line, unless you're a bloody idiot, would think that that's okay to do. You're not going to do it, are you? Because well, the you chief what... constable's missus is going to be going out doing the same. He's going to be doing the same. And the cops, when they finish at night, go shopping, they're going to be doing the same. Do I police something which is so... Utterly ridiculous. I feel sorry for them. It's a bit like, it's a little bit like, if you can cash your mind back, just some of the newer cops won't have ever experienced this or have ever had to do it. One is because of resources and two is now how society and culture has changed around the drinking establishments. But can you remember doing walkthroughs of pubs? Yeah. And So you'd be out on foot patrol yeah. and you'd be ta tasked to actually walk through. Fluorescent jacket. The pubs, big hat on. Yeah. And walk through and have a, have a few minutes in the pub and chat to a few people and walk through... So you and I know what what that was like when I was a civvy before I was a cop, when the cops used to walk through the pubs. Yeah, did they get a round of applause when uh, when they? No, came they didn't. Through? But so you imagine you're in that pub as a non-cop, and you're drinking away, you're being a bit raucous, and you know having a bit of a laugh, and then the cops walk through. It the the tone and the theme and the feel 
of the pub changes slightly while the cops walk through. Yeah. I wonder if that same thing is going to be felt by the shoppers in supermarkets when the cops do walkthroughs yeah. of supermarkets. Do you think they'd be like like getting things out of their pockets <laughs> yeah. and throwing them underneath yeah. the uh, the fittings? Yeah. Oh my God! Get rid of this car! <laughs> <laughs> you know, dropping it, shaking his straight yeah. out of the leg. Mrs. Mrs. Miggins, seventy six, would be like, "Where's those condoms? Better get rid of them and <laughs> chuck them out the trolley quick." They're not mine, officer. Yeah, that's right. No, someone. No, 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 I, no, I can imagine it in court. And, and Mrs. McGinn's, uh, I put it to you that you were in possession of this packet of this packet of unnecessary cat treats. And I wasn't me, lad. Someone threw them into my trolley. It was that officer who threw them into my trolley. Yeah. And what was you doing with that lubrication? Oh, it, no, it's not mine. Uh, it, it was my car engine, my lad. Yeah. My washing machine was making a <laughs> <laughs> You idiot. <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine it. The, that feeling that, uh, that the members of the public would get as the cops do the walkthrough God, of the supermarket. Oh, I can knock on the door in bloody. Germany in World War Two, wouldn't it? You'd be. I used to quite enjoy doing pub walkthroughs. Um, well, they were all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, did I tell you that about that time when I ended up doing a karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> I must have told that story. I don't think so. I did do. I was asked to go and get a statement at that pub on Stobman Street in Newark before it was refitted. It was a bit of a bit of a crappy old pub, really. I went to take the statement, and uh, somehow. After a while, I got encouraged to get on the stage and do a karaoke. Well, when I was taking this was fairly when I was fairly new in service, and because um, Capsy when he uh, when he took us on, he um, he said you must engage with the community. Go yes. out, drink as much tea in the community as you can. Get pe- get your face known. Get out there. Get to know all the landlords and all that kind of stuff. So I was taking that role very seriously. I've got a story about Capsy. Have you? I've got a couple. He's a good lad, old Capsy. Uh, is he still alive? I don't think so. No, oh, wasn't it? No. Mm. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, I ended up doing Great Balls of Fire on a karaoke. My tutor at the time said he was a little surprised that <laughs> I'd, I'd been encouraged to do that. But everybody, it went down very well. I think there should be more of that. Very good. In modern policing. Mm. Anyway, what about Capsy? I remember, uh, I think it was the World Cup, Football World Cup around, was it, would it be 2002? When David... Beckham, famous English football player, had his hair in a Mohican. I don't think you have to explain who David Beckham well, is. He's more, he's more well-known than the Queen around well, the world. Uh, maybe some people listening might not know who David Beckham oh, is. Right, okay. But the point is, David Beckham had his hair in a Mohican oh. for, the, uh, for the World Cup. Did he? Yes. So, as a serving cop, obviously, trying to fit in. Oh, did you have a... I went and, I went and had a, a, bleached, a bleached Mohican. No, you didn't. Did yeah. You? What, just for the World Cup or just, in general? Just for the World Cup. Wow. Yeah. And I bet that done, went down well. So when I was at work, <laughs> when, I, when I was at work, I used to flatten it down with gel and keep my hat on. Did it? All the time so you couldn't see it. I'd like you to have some gel. And then when I was off, in the pub, I'd spike it all up. Just like, and, yeah, and I did it all for a bit of fun and humour and you know, engaging with the community and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I got caught at work by Capsy uh, with my blonde Norican. Oh, no. And he was, he was coming down the stairs in the police station as I was going up. So he was looking down on me, as he often did anyway. Yeah. yeah. And he looked at me and he went, <laughs> and he went, and his normal feet like, with a bit like that, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And he went, you, officer, officer. <laughs> and I stopped and I thought, like, oh God, I'm in trouble now. And he went, you've got hair like David Beckham. Wonderful, wonderful, brilliant, brilliant. Love it, love it. <laughs> I love <laughs> I the impression. Like, yeah. I haven't got a speech impediment. <laughs> That, so that was that, and then the other Fantastic. one was. Um, oh, what was the other one he said to me when uh, it was when me and Bruno got got injured in a, a big melee inside a house. Yeah, when he broke his arm. When he broke his arm, and I I ended up with mallet finger. <laughs> and, um, Timmy mallet. 
<laughs> yeah. And he, he had us in and he was like, wonderful officers, wonderful. It's great to see you out there, giving it to them. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was good old caps he was, yeah. And then I think he slapped somebody around the face with his brown leather gloves one night on foot patrol. Oh, good for Yeah. Well, that's well, and then, uh, a cop, It was a cop. Oh, was he it? He slapped a cop around the face. Probably richly deserved. Yeah. With his brown leather gloves. I remember standing there watching him do it as he slapped... Slap this cut round the face. People complain nowadays, wouldn't they? Yeah, the Back in the day, you'd, oh, you'd take like, that as kind of some yeah, sort sorry. of compliment. It was like, sorry, sir, I, I won't do that again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it would be like, oh, Pepsi bullied me. Yeah, I think it was because he, uh, the cop looked a bag of shit on foot patrol. Oh, really? So well, he, he deserved it then. He slapped really? him round the chops with his brown leather gloves. <laughs> yeah. Did he walk around with a cane? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Gloves in one hand, cane in the oh, other. Oh, God, yeah. Pepsi. Yeah. He, he was universally considered to be someone who rather spoke his mind rather too much, mm. didn't he? he would, did he not toe the company line terribly? Yeah, and where he lived was a little village, and they had some, before it was called um, antisocial behaviour, kids running riot. Yeah. And so he spoke to the local community and said, I'll get it sorted, and got some cops up there. So the cops went up there and um, detained all these youths. And the main culprit was Capsule Lab. <laughs> 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 yeah. Did he say, oh, sorry, I'm officer? <laughs> yeah, so they took him home and uh, knocked on the door. Oh, no. I bet Capsie went mental, didn't they? Capsie opened the door and he was stood there in his pyjama uh, bottoms his and, his, and, his, and his shirt with his epaulettes on. No, he <laughs> wasn't, was bottoms. he? Yeah. And he went, um, yes, bring him in. He doesn't do drugs, he doesn't do drugs. Search his room, search his room if you want. Search his room, doesn't do drugs. Right, get in. Anyway. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we will, boss. Yeah, so, there we go. Good old catch in room. Yeah, I quite liked him, actually. Yeah, it was all right. Mm. Yeah. Well, because I said to him, uh, when, when he went to this sort of meeting, when it was all being taken, I said, uh, um, where, do you want to, where do you want to work? I said, well, I'd rather like to work um, just down the road from where I live. But, boss, if I could work at uh, Newark, I'd be very happy. Uh, New York it is then. <laughs> I think my impression was fine. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that was almost as good as your Peregrine Falcon. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll leave the impression to me. <laughs> I'll do the bird impressions as you do. Capsi. <laughs> Poor old Capsi. Uh, I hope he's still alive. What makes you think he's dead? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyway, oh god! I think that's it, isn't it? I saw a great video last night posted by one of my ex-colleagues, Notch Police. Oh, what was that? That's why QMC, the um, <laughs> clap for the NHS, which is not the best of titles, but um, all the cop cars, all the cop cars and fire engines lined up on the street outside the hospital. You're actually crying, aren't you? Yeah, I'm crying a lot. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> the thing I've got to ask about Trumpton is, look, I know they like want to join in, don't they? What are they doing at the moment? Mm. That, that was almost like a semi-serious question because I know they can contribute, don't they? And I know because they had fire officers out in vehicles acting as first responders, weren't they? Oh, they did, yeah. When was yeah. that? Oh, that was Remind a good, me. It was a good... Well, a guy I know who's a retained firefighter, been a retained firefighter for, oh, God, over 20 years. He's a prison officer. In fact, we tried to get him on the uh, podcast, haven't we? He said that when he was on his rest days from the prison service, he would do his retained stuff. And in particular, on these sets of rest days, so it would have been about four years ago, this would have been, he had a, a, um, like a Ford Focus 
estate fire car parked on his drive permanently and he was just on court and they would they would go out into the community and deal with um i think mainly heart attacks and respiratory yeah um patients because the nhs uh, ambulance crews were struggling to cope right because they will oh that was the other thing i wanted to talk about as well but they will they're so a lot of the firefighters can do like a lot of the police officers they can do all the cpr stuff mm. and on all the first aid I'm surprised there isn't more of an official presence of the firefighters then in these circumstances and giving them a specific role to, to do. Or have they? I, I, I don't I know. Think, I think they are. Are they actually doing I, that? I'm moment? sure I've seen something where they it's are. It's not very assisting. well publicised, and if they are. <clears throat> no. But you know, Trumpton, they don't like to you know, shout. Look at shout, the size of my hose. Yeah. Shout, shout about what they do, do they? No, they've never been known for that. No, well, no. Well, well, it's difficult to find them awake, isn't it, really? <laughs> Um, deeply concerned about something. I've got, I almost thought we we're going to sign off without me mentioning this, and it's something that I'm very concerned about, and that is mass graves. Oh, God, yeah, we've seen that, haven't we? I, I, so I've read today a news article, uh, which appears to be true, um, that on an island near New York, uh, there are mass burials of COVID-19. Which island was it? It wasn't Staten Island, was it? No, I don't remember. Apparently, yeah, it's mass a, burials. It's it's shocking. It's or, apparently it's an island that, that has previously been used for numerous people who couldn't afford a funeral, or for whose relatives were unknown. But I have, I have to say, I have to say, um, America, that I'm shocked mm. that in this day and age, we it's acceptable. To put a person in an unmarked grave or a mass grave, I, you know, you're talking about the is it the biggest economy in the world, well, apart from China. I don't know whether it still is. Well, still one of the wealthiest, most powerful nations in the world. Yeah. Organising mass graves. You think it's acceptable to put people in a mass grave? Why? Why cannot a, a purchase order be made, compulsory purchase order of, of, of land outside the uh, outside the state or in the area of the state? And dig however many thousands of individual graves you need to. How, how can it be acceptable to put people in mass graves uh, in this day and age? I, I find that incredible and I'm deeply saddened that mm. that's acceptable. It is, it is saddened. But it's not acceptable. Um, so you guys over there in the States, please lobby whoever you need to lobby to, to point out, like we need to with uh, Nick, the Chief Constable of North Hants, that some things are utterly unacceptable. I, I, I can't see anything to justify it? that. Mm. Hey, talking of mass graves, I was telling you, I watched that movie the night, Contagion. Oh, yeah. It's from 2011, and I got my daughter to watch it with me. She's uh, almost 15. Nine years ago. Yeah, and it's remarkable. The, so the things that they are talking about in that film from nine years ago are... The strategies and the, the you know the techniques that we're using today to combat COVID nineteen in two thousand eleven they were talking so the, some of the phrases you know like the curves the social distancing washing your hands not touching your face mass graves yeah all of that um was was is it spoken was about yeah from China bats and pigs yeah dirty bat eaters yeah interestingly um. Yeah, so worth watching that film, isn't it? Really well, worth yeah. watching. Yeah, recommend it. Watch it. 
just not not to frighten yourself. I mean, the, I think the their their virus that they got was a lot worse than COVID nineteen. Well, not a lot worse, but yeah, like, worse. like Hollywood worse. Yeah, sort of. You know, you get it and you're dead within a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, not many people recover from it type yeah. thing. And it wiping out you know huge swathes of the population. But um, yeah, it's worth a watch. Yeah, I thought it was contagion. There uh, was a um, uh, report that. Uh, it was only one week ago that Boris uh, was actually out and about. Uh, Boris doing, Johnson doing the PM bit. Yeah, a week ago that it was. Yeah, a week incredible. ago. So in this week, first in yeah. this week, a he's self isolated. Then he's gone into hospital because he's got a persistent fever. Then he's gone into intensive care. Now he's out in his intensive care, I believe. Uh, what next? Well, you said he was doing some kind yeah, of... Yeah, he'd be dancing in Morris, the street. Morris dancing. Morris dancing. Or, or Boris Bor- dancing, as I like to call <laughs> Boris it. Boris dancing. But so, that's incredible, isn't it? Mm. A couple of weeks ago, you know, he was fine and dandy. He was going to die, and now he's all bloody joking along. I hope his Boris dancing is better than Theresa May's dancing. When she that did that dancing queen, dancing it was painful for watching. It was, it, was, it was like almost cringe. It was cringe. No, it, it was beyond almost cringeworthy. It was <laughs> utterly cringeworthy. Yeah, good old Theresa May. Yeah, I hear the Chinese in I can't remember the name. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it. Shenzhen State have said that dogs and cats are no longer considered to be livestock, and you can't eat them. Shocking, isn't it? I neither eat dogs, but cats. Oh, God. It's just... I just can't understand how in today's society people can even think that... And bats. It's okay to eat dogs and cats. Well, I think if you you think it's okay to eat bloody ground-up tiger bones and rhino horn and fruit bats, Mm. I suppose anything's okay, isn't it? Let's hope that that... That ceases now. It, it upsets me when I see the... And I've seen a lot of upsetting things in my life, but it upsets me when I see these uh, dogs packed into tiny little cages oh, that are going to end up getting boiled alive. Yeah. Um, and the horrible things. I remember um, someone, someone explaining that they would, they would cook these dogs uh, with a blowtorch whilst yeah. they were still alive. Yeah. I don't think we should discuss it. It's not... It's no, not well, no, it upsets me. It is. It's awful. And the, Which and, raised it now. Yeah, the conditions of their markets are are questionable anyway, aren't they? They're livestock markets. But when you see live cats and dogs in cages just squashed into it, it's awful. Let's let's move on. Yeah, move on awful, anyway. Awful, awful times. Terrible. Well I should think they I should think they have classed class them as pets and not livestock. Mm, mm. Not soon enough in my opinion. We watched this interesting video. Who was it that pointed out that video to us? Uh, we watched on YouTube and it was a chap about suing the police. Um, suing a police officer. Yes, it was did a, fl- a Flucker fan. No, we didn't, but I think we need to watch it again and, and perhaps... Okay. We've got a couple of videos been sent to us that are on YouTube that we've been asked to comment on. Yeah. Um, so there was that one about a guy who was going to sue the police, yeah. uh, about a Derbyshire police officer who allegedly headbutted a motorist in the street. Yeah. There's got to be more to that one, hasn't yeah, there? Yeah, of course there is, yeah. But it's an interesting video and it came across as being awkwardly credible in some aspects, um, yeah, uh, but also deeply, the police. deeply yeah. anti-police. It was actually very anti-police, but there, were, but there were some elements of it which made you actually think there is a bit of credibility to this guy who yeah. made this video, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be nice to find out a little bit more about the actual mm. truth of that. Yeah, so the crux of that matter is a Derbyshire cop has allegedly headbutted a innocent member of the public, motorist, mm. in the street, over a... Um, 
him not moving his car for when the cop wanted him to move it. Not always proportionate. No, he should have just moved his car. Yeah. Dead easy. Yeah. There'll be a story a story behind that. Maybe he wants to have a look in his boots, see what shopping he'd got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm down from North Hans. I'm the I'm the shopping Gestapo. <laughs> Nick sent me. Shop watch. Yeah. Nick Nick. Um hey, I'm I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud because we have a, a local MP that's given a very good account of himself. He was only elected as the MP for Newark. Was yeah, it last just, year? Robert, <coughs> Robert Jenrick. Yeah. A jolly good egg. I think is he's it, been born into some money, but that we won't hold that against him. Is it, so he's a Tory, he's a Conservative MP. Yeah, and he did well because um, he only got elected, I think, last year. I don't know where, whether he was uh, an MP before that. Um, but he came straight in at Housing Minister. Um, he's been doing rather well. I've been quite proud. Yeah, and he's a, uh, he's a local lad from Hereford. Is it from Hereford or Hertfordshire? Yeah, how far is that from Newark? Oh, it's a good three hours. So he was clearly <laughs> sent up here as a safe seat. Well, it was. It was Patrick Mercer's, wasn't it? Good old Patrick. I like Patrick Mercer. He was a decent egg. Yeah, I quite like Patrick, actually, yeah. Just had a bit of a trouser issue. Yeah. I think he was um, He was good friends with a previous chief constable of Knott's Police. I think they were in the uh, army together. Oh, Sanders. Steve Green. Steve Green, yeah. He was another good lad, Steve Green. Quite Steve Green was all right. Mm. Steve Green signed one of my um, search authorities once. Did he? Section 18, yeah. Hmm. Is that because he was in the station? He just happened to be in the station. I said, oh, boss, you couldn't uh, sign this one for me, could you? They were, yeah, chief constable. Really? Yeah, that was great. I should have kept that Excellent. one. Um, so, unfortunately, Mr. Jenrick, I don't know, he's, he suddenly found an urgent need to travel around the country, hasn't he? Doing mm. slightly unessential things. Going to visit his parents. Yes, yeah, 150 miles away from... And then, obviously, going back to see his family. Yeah. Which, of course, is sort of, contrary sort of to reasonable. His, but contrary to his government's current policy of stay well, at home. Well, that's why he's been quite vocal himself in he has very. stay at home, and, um, and he hasn't been. Mm. And in fact, he's been putting it about a bit. So, uh, Mr. Jenrick, please stop being embarrassing. Just toe your own line and um, just play the everyone is equal game, yeah. please. And I think the, the, uh, the, the Tory whip's been out in force as well, hasn't he? You know... Um, defending Mr. Jenrick. Oh, is he? Mm. Oh, is he? Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. I think he's gone very quiet. It sounded a bit like Sean Connery then. Oh, is yeah. it? Is it? <laughs> I told you to leave the impressions to me. <laughs> the um, I tell you who's been quiet recently. So bear in mind, we're facing one of the biggest crises, crises, crisis, crisis, whatever crises that the country has ever faced in peacetime. Yeah. I would say probably since World War Two. Worse than the Millennium Bug, isn't it? Worse than the Millennium Bug. Much worse than the yeah. Millennium Bug. And um, where's Priti Patel, the Home Secretary? Hey, what? Come on, where is she? What's she been doing? Hang on a minute. When the, all the police need the sum total of bugger all by the looks of it. Yeah, come on, Priti. I don't rate Priti Patel. Pretty shit. She is pretty shit, isn't she? She's not very nice. Hmm. Well, I'm disappointed that Pretty Patel has not really, you know, come to the fray, pushed herself forward, leading from the front. When the police are in such difficult, difficult times, you yeah, want kept... you want what you want is a you want a Boris Johnson esque figure as the as the well, um, it's an sector, ideal opportunity you? to step up oh, God, so and be a prime minister in waiting for when Boris like, either commits a big faux pas or pegs it just like the chancellor because it, at the moment it's old Rob 
isn't it? Or Rob, yeah. Or Dom to his mates. Dom to his mates, yeah. But I think um, Rushy has, uh, has stepped up to the plate. He's playing a blinder future for prime, a new boy. Fu- future Prime Minister there, I'm yeah, telling I'll you. Yeah, I'll say. Mm. But He's got it, the name for it. Yeah, absolutely. But if you were the Home Secretary right now, yeah. I would be... All over it. All over like it. Like a rash. Defending the police, directing the police, giving them support, yeah. standing with yeah. head, head above the parapet... Yeah. Because when we get to the other side of this, people are going to go, yeah, thank you to the Home Secretary for being there. Well, to, well where to is the choruses of, who are you? Who are you? Who? Um, pretty, pretty who? She's more scarce than Diane Abbott was during the Labour leadership per contest. <laughs> and now we've got Shakira Starmer. Yeah, Shakira Starmer. That's what it sounds like, isn't yeah. it? Shakira. Shakira Starmer. The hips don't lie. Mm. Or is it the lips? <laughs> <laughs> In your case, as a politician. Yeah. Ah, mm. oh, well, I've enjoyed it today. Yeah, it's not been that policey today, has it? It's been more a bit of a, uh... a bit of a, just a bit of a rant, a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Oh dear, I'm still chuckling now. I am. We're going to go off and practice our uh, impressions. <laughs> yeah, I need to work You've on got that catchy one, haven't I? You've got some I work to do. I need to stick to Falcons. <laughs> Right. Okay. We better folks to ask you. Well, thank you everybody for listening, sending your messages in. Um, Keep it coming. Supporting us. We've had some more Flucker fragrance More Flucker fragrance has been sold. Yeah. Excellent. I don't, where's this one going? Can't remember. Was it Manchester? I think it was might it have been GM, Manchester. Into way. GMP, serving cop in GMP. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for that. Keep it going. All of our top fans, thank you. Keep sharing us. Tell, tell your colleagues about us. Yeah. Get yeah. us out there. Let's get let's get as quickly as we can to a million listens. I'm going to be quite excited about that. We're not far. Well, we're a third of the way there. Third of the way there. Yeah. Maybe when they hear about our amazing impressions. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we, it, we it, could well, have like, that exponential growth. Yeah, we need to start appealing to gender fluids by by what sits and and all by that kind of stuff. Folds. By focals and all that. So, uh, if anybody's got any ideas about how we can appeal to the the wider community. And in particular, we'd like to encourage more female listeners. Definitely, because only one in six at the moment are female. Okay, it'd be nice to have 50-50. Yeah. Although, is that, uh, would that be, what percentage of police officers are female? Not that we are only appeal to uh, to officers, because we don't. Um, But I would have thought, I I would like to have at least the ratio of, do you think it's about 25% of cops are females? Possibly more than that nowadays, I'd like to think. Hmm. Uh, we don't think we have we don't have any racial profiling, do we, in relation to our uh, viewership, listenership? No. So perhaps if we pay a bit more, we'll get all sorts of data come through. Yeah, we could perhaps get Cambridge Analytica to do some research for us. Yeah, and that will come up with pretty well anything we want them to come up with. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Yeah. Right. Let's okay. Foxtrot. That's Foxtrot Oscar. We've got some uh, some coffee to drink. Oh, yeah. Sit in the sun. I need to go and borrow a sledgehammer off Jerry. He's not here. Oh, no. Oh, damn. Oh, okay. Okay. Tally ho. On that note, we'll Foxtrot Oscar. Right.